0: You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. I'm Health Editor Dallas Bastian and I'm joined by Kelly Sosnowski, Nurse Units Manager of the Intensive Care Unit at Logan Hospital, to discuss her presentation at the Australian College of Critical Care Nurses' upcoming ICE 2015 conference on early mobilisation of ICU patients. Welcome, Kelly.
1: Thanks, Dallas.
0: What are some approaches to early mobilisation that can benefit patients?
1: Well, firstly, effective early exercise is going to be limited if your patient's delirious or overly sedated, which is a common thing that happens in ICUs. So you really can't mobilise patients who are delirious um, or overly sedated. So you really need to fix up those sorts of things as well. There are certainly lots of sedation protocols that you can use, like the pain, agitation, delirium guidelines, which promote light sedation. Uh, So that's more helpful for uh, helping to get your patients up and around. Um, The exercise program... What we did in our unit was our exercise program is actually ordered by our nursing staff into our clinical information system so it comes up like a medication order and it has to be signed for once it's been administered. So we actually found this was really helpful for compliance so that the staff don't really have a choice of whether or not to actually exercise their patients. Our program's been designed by a physiotherapist, but it doesn't rely on a physiotherapist to actually deliver it. So, in our ICU, it's actually a nurse initiated program and it's nurse driven. Um, and so, the benefits of that is that the program can run from early in the morning, which it does. We've started about six o'clock in the morning until late at night. So, the last exercise program would actually happen at around eight. Um, And that happens because there's a nurse available at the bedside all the time. So we're not actually reliant on allied health, which tend to be uh, available in our unit only for limited hours during the day. Um, We have different exercises for patients depending on the degree of cooperation and ability. So if they can't actually... Um, If they aren't able to actually lift their arm against gravity, then we do passive range of motion exercises, but again, scripted three times a day, early morning, midday and at night, and we sit them up in in bed in a high chair position. Once they're able to lift their arm against gravity, we just increase the level of exercise. So uh, they'll get active physiotherapy and we might sit them on the edge of the bed, and that keeps progressing until they're transferring to a chair. The actual ambulation happens once they're able to move their arms and legs. And sometimes mobility for us is simply just walking in place beside the bed. Uh, The patient might take a couple of steps um, and then ultimately we're walking down corridors, short distances, but, you know, we're talking about fully ventilated patients mobilising down corridors.
0: What has your experience been of seeing this program in practice?
1: Yeah, so we've only just initiated the program This year. Um, And so, what we wanted to do before we even started the practice was we spent a lot of time ensuring we were set up not to fail, basically. Um, And so, we did a lot of staff education processes. So, they included didactic teaching sessions. um, And we did a lot of simulation sessions. So, uh, we would put one of our staff members into a bed and put as many lines uh, ventilator tubing everything on and do actual practical sessions Um, and then we've had staff available to teach nurses at the bedside about how we've done it and we've communicated by newsletters Um, just sent out surveys and things because we wanted to ascertain what um, if the staff had any fears or worries about actually doing the uh, program. For us safety is paramount so we want to ensure our patients and staff are safe and no harm resulted so we actually do safety checks prior to moving our patients. Uh, we've created checklists so that ensures that we've covered absolutely everything before we move the patients um, and that just means that we ensure we've got all the equipment necessary before we've moved, uh, that we've got the correct amount of staff and everyone's aware of their task. It's a really structured approach to moving people. We're quite mindful of the safety risk. Um, our ventilated patients are just walked once a day and so that would be um, before lunchtime. And it's a multi multidisciplinary team approach, so we do have a physiotherapist there for that, um, nurses and other assistants. Um, and patients tolerate mobilisation very well, despite the presence of tubes, so it probably looks a lot more scary than it actually is.
0: What reaction did you get from nurses within that survey?
1: Um, so we've just done... and So the plan was to do an initial survey and then do another one sort of... Three months in so I haven't done the three month in trial yet um, and initially you know the staff were worried like they were worried and mostly they were worried about safety um, and mostly they were worried about the safety of the breathing tube the um, endotracheal tube itself because when we move patients around in beds we tend to hold that tube pretty tightly whereas when we mobilize we don't we don't have a hand straight on that tube it's secured to their um their shoulder or their gown. Um, so there were some concerns about just safety. Um, and so generally the feedback has been once the patient, once the staff members have actually done the mobilisation, then they're feeling somewhat relieved. Uh, they were also concerned about workload issues. We're increasing their workload because it wasn't just, you know, the mobility and exercise isn't a once-a-day thing. It's throughout the course of the day. And um, they found that that hasn't taken up as much time as they've thought. So it's actually been quite positive. Um, yeah.
0: What are the benefits uh, for patients of, of being mobilised early?
1: So the benefits of, I guess, in the ICU. Um, so there are a lot of studies at the moment that, that they're showing a correlation between, well, for starters, motor strength and respiratory strength. So if you have strong limbs, you may you'll have strong lungs, I guess, and it means that you can get off a ventilator earlier by actually exercising patients. So uh, certainly what we've found is uh, reduced time on ventilators and that's what the literature shows as well. Also improved functional outcomes when patients... Uh, leave hospital and um, many studies have shown that if you couple your exercise program with sedation interruption um, you you get increased uh, return to independent functional status at hospital discharge and that's really important for ICU patients because that can be a real problem in that ICU patients or ICU survivors who have been on ventilators for long periods of time can be really deconditioned when they leave intensive care units um, and can suffer Uh, long-term functional problems when they leave hospital and and into home. So uh, that's what we're most interested in, looking at people, you know, hoping to get them out of hospital in uh, being strong and able to go back to their lives.
0: What challenges do critical care nurses typically face in this space?
1: I think sort of as I mentioned earlier, it's introducing new, um, just change into your units um, so, and it's not just nurses. So this is really requires a good multidisciplinary approach, and everyone in the intensive care unit needs to be involved and, um, yeah, committed. I guess. So you need your medical staff to be uh, committed to the program, and your allied health program and nursing staff. So it's really important that you've got interprofessional respect, that you're communicating well, that you've got good teamwork, and I think you often do find that in intensive care units. You have to get a commitment from the whole team uh, for this to be successful. So, um, and certainly I think what's interesting is when you read the literature, nurses are often not mentioned, like they're sort of almost invisible. So I think it's really important that, You know, that nurses, well, I believe nurses hold a really unique leadership role within our multidisciplinary team and that they've got a nice strong voice, and so that they can actually drive the programs. So, um, where barriers to someone mobilising might be because a procedure just has to be done now. Um, I think nurses can often talk talk around that. Can we just do the exercise and then we'll do this, uh, whatever the procedure is. I think nurse leaders are really well placed to promote ongoing support and they can resource appropriately and just sort out culture and environment. Um, I think the culture of the unit is really important to drive uh, these sorts of programs. Um yeah, so I think it's around a environment and just promoting the prioritisation of early rehabilitation practices uh, just so that it's accepted within your units.
0: What drives you to spread the word about getting patients mobile earlier?
1: Yeah. Um, there's, well, the literature shows, and I've, I've seen it myself, there's definitely a long-term impact of all these lovely life-saving strategies we're using in intensive care. Um, so an admission to ICU can be associated with like physical and psychological complications, and um, we know from the literature that they can persist well after patients have been discharged from the intensive care unit and from hospital. Prolonged immobility in the ICU can trigger a neuromuscular weakness, um, and that's well understood. Just one week of uh, lying in bed can result in a profound loss of muscle strength of up to 20%. Um, and so, you know, it can have like a devastating effect, not just on the patients once they've gone home, but on their families who are now caring for them and I guess to the to the wider community as well. So I think, you know, it's almost like a public health issue really about the state that we're potentially putting our patients out into the community. So, um, yeah, it's really important to me. I think that we're really clever at meeting the challenge of keeping our critical care patients alive until they leave hospital, but I think it's really important that we also think about those long-term health-related, like quality of life, uh, once they once they've gone home as well.
0: What is the main message you hope nurses who attend your presentation walk away with?
1: Yeah, so there's definitely research out there that confirms early rehabilitation interventions, like early mobility and exercise. Um, you know it can be done uh, safe it's it 's feasible. Um, I think you also have to sort out the delirium and sedation before you can actually exercise somebody. There can be cultural issues that might impede your ability to actually do the intervention in your i c u so you really have to have good multidisciplinary buy-in from everyone. And really importantly, critical care nurses are in an excellent position to drive change within their departments. They just need to use their strong voices and then they can ensure that rehab practices are adopted and um, implemented.
0: Thank you for joining me, Kelly.
1: Okay, thanks, Dallas.